You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. Thank you guys for joining me on another episode of Your Dose of Death Podcast. As always, I'm Lauren Rosenberg. And as always, thank you to listening each and every single week to get your dose of death. And as always, I'd love to thank my sponsors. As always, first of all, Grateful Death Match. As always, if you hit them up with the promo code DEATH, you get free shipping anywhere in the world. Make sure you hit up that promo code of DEATH. And of course, Billy Ballantyne and the guys at Crimson Mask are always coming out up with something really cool if you hit them up with the promo code of your dose of death for the duke of hardcore bundle thank you john wayne murdoch you get 15 percent off of that bundle so make sure you put up the co- promo code your dose of death and to- toy Hayo returns june 19th located at the metroplex in gerard ohio over 20,000 square foot of toys bringing in the best vendors from the tri-state area matt cardona Brian Myers, Smart Mark Sterling, and Dylan Hornswoggle Postle will all be signing that day. The show itself runs from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. on June 19th, easily located right off of the highway. Come shop at the fastest-growing show in Ohio itself, live and in person at the Metroplex in Girard, Ohio. And as you've seen probably in the description or looking at the title of this, this is a really, really big episode. This is, of course, your TOS pre-show of sorts, as we can call it. But, of course, I am not alone on this journey of deciphering and looking at the show itself and the term itself. I am brought on by a guy I've been wanting on this show for a long time, been chatting with him to make sure this happens. He, to me, is one of the smartest, brightest deathmatch wrestling journalists you can imagine, and, of course, located in beautiful Vienna, Austria right now. Of course, I'm with my dear friend, Alex Jimenez. How are you doing today, my friend? Hello, Lauren. It's like a pleasure to be here. We've been talking about that for a long time. So, you know, what the better way to do it than talking about TOS? That's, you know, after the current state of CCW is like the big <laughs> deathmatch tournament around. So, yeah, not the, the, the most beautiful day here in Vienna. And I hope like everybody enjoys it. You know, English is in my fair language, but I think I speak it like pretty good. <laughs> so let's have fun. Yeah, absolutely. You do be speak pretty good English, especially. Um, Before we get into that, I want uh, my listeners to get to know you a little bit better. So Alex, I want you to kind of give your background into um, your wrestling journalism and what you do with wrestling slash deathmatch wrestling. Okay, so basically, uh, I'm from Spain, now located in Vienna because of, you know, work, but I'm from Spain, I'm 24 years old, and I'm a journalist, uh, I work in a news agency, an international Spanish news agency, now I'm located in Vienna, mostly I write about everything, when I was in Barcelona, I wrote 
uh, most of the time about sports and in my free time, not in my job, because, you know, uh, talking and writing about wrestling isn't the best way to, <laughs> to get paid. But in my free time, like from the last 10 years, I've been writing and talking, especially on podcasts about wrestling. I always focus myself from non-WWE content, Ring of Honor especially, and lately about deathmatch wrestling. So on my Twitter, I always try to keep up with everything in deathmatch. I also have like a little show in Spanish, of course, called Spanish Uppercut on YouTube, where I try to keep up always with deathmatch wrestling. So that's all. A journalist with a lot of free time that likes <laughs> deathmatch wrestling. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, um, thank you for that. And again, thank you for coming on here, especially taking time out of your busy day, eating your lunch, as we just talked about <laughs> off recording. So um, again, thank you for taking the time out of your day to sit down chat with me about a the real second tournament of the deathmatch season of course southern sickness cup just happened not too long ago but now that is in the rear view mirror we are now going to make the trip to the showbo and atlantic city of course this is the sixth edition of tournament of survival or tos 666 and is being built this field as I, as we have seen it being announced, has really turned out to be one of the most interesting TOS fields that GCW has put together. What is your thoughts on just this field overall? I think it's pretty interesting because, you know, since the borders are now closed, we're now open, but, you know, the flights and accommodation is pretty expensive right now with Corona and all of that. So I think that GCW has really made a good work trying to be different from the rest of the tournaments because you know we have a masters of pain coming back we have the king of the death matches we can solve it in the cup we have all these tournaments with the big stars so gcw is trying to mix the old veteran the great ones like alex colongi raver with some young faces and people that are not that used to deathmatch wrestling like we, we saw uh last year with alicat for example in tos so i'm pretty happy with the lineup like it's not like the best lineup like the TOS has ever had, but I think for a tournament with the boards closed, with traveling being so expensive for Corona times, I think they have done a pretty good job. And also it's fun because this is like the exact same day, like the fifth anniversary from the very first TOS. So it would be pretty cool to have, you know, like all for a circle from that first show wow. with Janela and Sanding and now with this uh, TOS 666. I, I, I did not realize that it was the anniversary that's going to be really fitting yeah Janela Zande part of the legendary first TOS to now I definitely agree with this lineup it's not the best lineup but of course I think with everything that has happened with borders being closed and travel being absolutely expensive now you're definitely going to see promotions like GCW make the accommodations that they can make and I mean this is a tournament where you have your Deathmatch elites, you have your G-Ravers, your Alex Clones, your Orin Vites, but you also have guys like Effie and Manders who are out to prove something as well. So you're getting a real healthy mix of some potentially new and exciting matchups, but you're also going to get some matchups that many fans have been waiting for, maybe a rematch of, or maybe waiting for, oh, I don't know, like a G-Raver, Nolan Edward in a deathmatch setting. We don't know. As much of the matchup, I do want to put a disclaimer to everyone. The only first-round matchup that me and Alex do know right now is Alex Clone and Bam Sullivan as of this recording. So if more are announced by the time this comes out Tuesday, I apologize. We did not know. Um, that is okay. We have the entire field set, which is all we can be 
thankful for. And um, before we get into just predictions and whatnot, I want to just give a little tidbit. If you listen to my last show or last episode, I should say, I put out a little Twitter contest for anyone who was interested. Basically, all you need to do is at Lauren YDOD, my Twitter handle, give me your prediction for the winner of Tournament Survival, and you'll be entered into a drawing for a free Your Dose of Death merch shirt, merchandise, per se, um, anywhere. It's the world, United States, Austria, wherever you're located. Um, definitely be, if you're interested in joining in on the fun of Tournament of Survival weekend, definitely be, participate. So far, we have 11 entrants. Um, I'm really happy about that. I'd love more. I, I want to see how this goes down. And of course, if you guys don't know that if we have if the winner has multiple entrants in my contest i will draw by random so i keep it as random as possible so um i just want to put that out there before we get into the predictions themselves of course so let's get into the very first match we do know the only one we know alex Cole versus Ban sullivan and i want to also give a big thank you to the to my official tos statistician Nicholas Dorito, who came up with all these stats. If you don't follow him, um, follow him on Twitter. NickyD215, I believe, is his Twitter handle. He came up with the awesome, awesome stats for TOS and um, is a big thank you from me and Alex as well. Of course, Alex Clone, the two-time defending TOS champion. Of course, there was always speculation about him winning the very first one he won. Of course, the G-River injury. And, of course, beating Schlack and Jimmy Lloyd in a very impromptu finals. And now, look, we're looking at two years later, he feels like on top of the world of the deathmatch game. He is one of the best in the world, in my opinion. And he is also the GCW ultra-violent champion going up against none other than the trash with the stash, the rancid one, the man who made TOS on retweets. <laughs> um Ban Sullivan, a guy who has just coming off a really great showing at Southern Sickness Cup, a entrant into King of the Deathmatch, a former H2O Danny Havoc hardcore champion, and also a friend of your Dose of Death podcast as well. This is a very interesting one, Alex. Um, how do you feel this one is going to go down? I think it's going to be a pretty good match because I really like like their first match in the finals of the Danny Havoc Hardcore Tournament and H2O. You know, the match was cut short because I think Alec, no, Ban Sullivan got hurt. He got like a really yes. bad cut in like in the, the forehead. So they have to cut that short. So, but I think they have pretty good chemistry and I really like like the story they are playing because I really love this character from Alex Colon. Like he's amazing in the ring, but he, this personality of the angle veteran that he really see deathmatch wrestling like in his way and he don't like certain things so this match like you, are, you have to prove me right now that the retweets are really worth it of you being in the tournament so I think it's a pretty good uh, start for the tournament I really hope that this is like the opener from the show because I think with that the show will start like super super hot and I'm sure that Ban Sullivan is going to try to kill it he's kinda new in the deathmatch tournament and Alex Colon, no, he he doesn't know how to have a bad match, so I think it will be a a good one. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Uh, I put out a tweet the other day, and I think it's, people definitely got my message. I was like, there are some people who are like, this is gonna be a squash. This is gonna be a five minute. I'm like, 
a squash is a rude thing to say, especially, I mean, Bam did get it on retweets. I'm going to, I'm going to air that out. I know people have been kind of asking me about that. Like, yes, he did get it solely on retweets, but his work ethic is one that I can't really question. He's done the rounds. He really cares about deathmatch wrestling. I mean, you've seen him in no peace. You have seen him um, in H2O really do well, had a great, first round with the Danny Havoc hardcore belt. You couldn't have not asked for any better from Matt Fremont and the H2O guys. And to say that, like, it's going to be a squash is kind of a sign of disrespect. And I think, hey, let Bam have this chip on his shoulder. He's one of the long shots I see in this tournament, a guy who got in on probably the most unconventional way possible (laughs) in today's wrestling environment. And Really, though, I think he's going to grab that momentum. The fans do care about him. You can tell he has a fan following. And I respect his work. Of course, um, I, get, I, I think I owe him the world. He was my very first episode of Your Dose of Death. So he has been nothing but fantastic to me. This is a match that's going to be very interesting. A story standpoint very much is there. You saw the promo that he cut on um, the World of Deathmatch podcast. He is not holding back. That bell is being defended possibly three times during the day, he's going to give it 110%. And I want to get into the statistics here with you as well. I mean, Alex Cologne, look, the deathmatch tournaments, he's been in 29 deathmatch tournaments. He's won eight of them, so that's a 27% success rate. His He's had 61 rounds, so the deathmatch tournament experience is there. His record as of right now is 39-22, and 22, 64 percent win rate the best of the entire field bams looking at bams number eight only eight tournaments one of them he won 11 rounds and a 36 percent win rate but a record of four wins seven losses so two very different ends of the spectrum here looking at um who do you have winning and why I think that Alex is going to win because, you know, if the tournament wasn't for the Ultra Bion title, I would say maybe they are playing the spoiler with Van Sullivan surprising Alex Colon, getting his big his victory, and then, you know, losing in the semifinals. Uh-huh. But I think that we have to, to keep in mind that the tournament is not only like for the tournament itself is for the GCW Ultra Violence title. And I don't think that GCW is going to change a new title like two or three times in the same night. So because that wouldn't make sense at all. So I think that Alex is going to win it. I'm pretty sure that he's going to to defend the title, advance to the next round next round. But I think that Bam certainly is going to be like a great rival for him. Like it's not going to be as quiet as much it's going to be a proper match i think that alex colon itself wants everybody to see the potential of van sullivan because he's selling this story that i'm going to kill the boy blah 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 but alex colon really likes to give the down and up and coming guys that are working their asses off like this chance to to shine like he did with atticus on new year's eve like he did with nolan edward so i'm pretty sure that the match is going to be pretty pretty good that's kind of an underlying theme I kind of want to point out here of this field is a lot of these guys, except for maybe Effie and Manders, have faced Alex Cologne in some capacity in their career. 
Yep. You've seen Ban Sullivan beat him for the Danny Havoc Hardcore title. That's that's a revenge match right there for Alex. So that is even more of an incentive to win this match and to defend that title to through round one. I mean, G Raver with the TOS finals two years ago, Nolan Edward at Take Care, or invite numerous times around the end is a time bomb pro, notably. Like the, a lot of these guys. Alex has the target on his back, plain and simple. They yep. know he's going for the three-peat. The fans know they're excited for the potential of a three-peat in Deathmatch Wrestling, which has been never done before, I believe. Through all the years of Deathmatch Wrestling, I want to put this out there, there has never been a man to have won three straight years of a Deathmatch tournament. That is like mega level right there. So the, the, a lot is on the line with this first round, and I – I love Bam. I love what he's been able to accomplish. I, I think this could be his GCW coming out party. If he if he brings it, I think he, he has a chance to return in the future and impress more GCW officials. But I have Alex Clown winning here. There's The man is right now a heat-seeking missile, as I'll put it. <laughs> And he, there, there is not a, there are not many people who can say they can really stop Alex Clone right now. I have him going very far in this tournament, as you'll see. And this first match, though, is no different. But Bam's going to give him a run for his money. I certainly believe that. Sure, I think that maybe if Ban really has a really strong performance here, he can be back in his. GCW, you know, not on a regular basis because, you know, GCW roster is huge, but yeah. this year with the summer of GCW, so many different shows, maybe if Ban have a good run, he could have a good run, like Orin Bite did in 2019 when he had that killer match in Chicago against Raver and he was like, you know, in almost in every deathmatch heavy show from GCW, so I yes. think this will be like a big chance from Ban, especially he's not like a guy from the Midwest that you have to fly, he's a guy from the East Coast, so is he really signs he knew that is an opportunity for him to be you know a spot on a regular basis on gcw so i think it's a pretty pretty important match for for his career like it would have been if you let me for akira if he would have chosen to be in the tournament of course um so i think next up so we've me and you talked about potential matchups that could happen and one matchup that i threw out there was of course effie being a first-time participant of the tournament of survival. No stranger to death matches, but definitely not a guy you would think of a death match participant. Um, and I had him against someone who we just talked about who had a great run in 2019, a, a run that varied in different promotions in 2020. But 2021, we are seeing the return uh, to TOS of the Wizard King Orn Vite. This is a matchup. If it does happen, of course, is one I have my eyes on. Um, Oren, of course, is a great friend of your dose of death as well, but a guy who is just coming out off hot of being the longest reigning time bomb pro champion over a year, a guy who has traveled the world, part of the very historic first ever, probably last ever Ironman death match. <laughs> um, he has been, he's done it all, been to Japan, but he's back to T- at TOS after an interesting showing up Planet Death, the one that definitely varied across the spectrums, maybe not the best performance, but enough to get him into TOS per se. 
and a guy who may probably face someone who is maybe not as experienced in the deathmatch game as he is. This is a definitely an interesting one where Effie can has potential in deathmatch wrestling. He doesn't show it a lot. He's had the matches with Nick Gage. He's had the matches with Atticus Koger where he's been more than willing to do the work to make sure the match goes well. How do you see that matchup playing out? It will be a pretty interesting match because, you know, when Effie was announced, I wasn't, like, super excited because of the announcement. I love Effie. I love his match with Gates in Chicago. I love his work with uh, Atticus at Taker, but I don't see him as a deathmatch player. Not as a deathmatch wrestler that can eventually have a deathmatch, but as a deathmatch elite or someone to be in a deathmatch tournament you know also with only eight spots but i get why brett booked that because you know you want something different we try to do like to be different from the rest of the of the companies out there so i think a match with orin will be pretty good for him maybe they do a rematch with adikus which also could be interesting but you know i think effie will be a fun one i don't see him advancing to the next round so maybe you know one night only just one match it will be a pretty fun and orin bike is pretty interesting because you know, I fell in love with him in 2019 with that match with Raver, then the killer match with Eric Ryan. For me, it's amazing, even better yes, than match. it is. He got super intense, you know. Eric Ryan was killing uh, Orin Bight in the ring. It was amazing. But I think that the problem with Orin is that he's pretty inconsistent. Like, you know, he's pretty regular in his performances because he got that pair of uh, sick matches you know we were thinking like he's the future of GCW future of death match but he then he got the match with Sakuda in LA that was a little uh, not so good they gave him like Kodaka in TOS4 and the match wasn't that good at all then he they flew him to to Japan and had the problem with Takeda the injury you know and then he disappeared from GCW so I think that after all this hard work in, you know in Masters of Pain uh, ICW East Coast, you know, IWM East Coast, sorry, you know, we, the, the, he's working time on pro wrestling, the trilogy with uh, John Wayne Murdoch, maybe this is the chance to, for our invite to see I'm really this great, I'm not that up and coming wrestler, I'm a mature uh, deathmatch performer, so I'm really intrigued about his performance because, you know, for me our invite is pretty hit or miss in, in, in terms of big matches. I'm going to say this. I definitely agree with you on that. And as I've talked with him, as I did with my episode with him for Time Bomb Pro, his history in the world of wrestling is absolutely interesting. A former New Japan LA Dojo trainee, a guy who literally was training with Shibata, left. He gets into deathmatch wrestling Absolutely hits it out that he was with ICW Milwaukee, was one of the best kept secrets in deathmatch wrestling, gets the matches with Raver, gets the matches with Eric Ryan. It's hit or miss, as you say, but I'm going to say this. This last year has really, he's had his hit or miss moments, but a lot of hits in this last year. A guy who, when you find the right chemistry in deathmatch wrestling, you don't let that go. And he found that with John Wayne Murdoch. He found that guy who was like, I want to make you better and you want to make me better. And they had their series of three matches. Now in TOS, he has the experience in TOS. He's been in TOS. He understands what's at stake here. 
If I were Orrin Veidt, I'd take every match in TOS super, super seriously. This is a potential coming back party for you. Yep. And I see him winning here. I, I, if he can get a win here over Effie, I think his stock skyrockets again. And if it's a good match too with a guy who can do death matches as well, that makes it even better. So I want to go through the statistics. Of course, Effie, he has been in number of tournaments. He's been in 10 deathmatch tournaments. He's won one. Just real world tournaments, not deathmatch tournaments. Oh, just tournaments? Okay. Just okay, correction there. So turn number of tournaments 10. He's won one with 20 rounds with a win or loss of 11 and 9. So he has a pretty high win rate in tournament wrestling. And then, of course, Oren, his he actually does, as I'm looking at it, is tie with Alex for the highest win rate in tournaments, surprisingly. Of course, been in 15 tournaments, won four of them, the 26% success rate, 28 rounds of ultraviolet deathmatch wrestling, I believe. And, um, of course, 18 and 10, the record. So Oren has that experience. And, of course, a winner of um, ICW Milwaukee's Insane 8. Um, came up short at that last year. He's He has the miles put in. So this is one where I think a lot of eyes are on both guys. Effie, can he prove he's deathmatch ready in a consistent basis? And if can Oren come back? Of course, he's been kind of playing off as the bitter one the guy who's been around, but he feels someone's got to give him a shot. Is it GCW again? We'll find out come that Saturday, June 5th. And then let's get into another matchup here. Uh, Another one that we had that we speculated on. We weren't too sure. Manders, of course, making his um, tournament of survival debut. Another SGC crew member. Uh, potentially against the Silver Teeth Satan in Atticus Kogar, a guy who many believe is a potential favorite here in TOS. Um, how do you see that one playing out? That's one that maybe the styles don't clash, or maybe they do. You never know. They might just hit fire that night. I think for me, one commander is like the guy that I'm looking the most in the tournament because he has never been a deathmatch tournament and he has always done like, you know, he had the match match with Slack in AC. He has like some Norwegian deathmatches and no peace underground. But besides that, he hasn't done deathmatch wrestling. So I'm pretty, you know, uh, let's wait and see how, how it goes. And regarding Atticus, uh, I think... I thought, firstly, that he was like the favorite for the tournament, but I think that, again, since it's for the uh, uh, Ultra Violent uh, uh, Championship, I don't see Atticus winning uh, the title because, you know, he's amazing. Like, in a year, like last year, uh, we were talking about, you know, maybe the future of Deathmatch Wrestling is Akira, Alex Ocean, not Edward. I think that Atticus really stood out. I think that Ricky St. Page and the 4-4 Ohio guys really bring Atticus like, to the big page. He won like Prince of the Death Matches at IWA meets out. He won with Eric Bryan the double death tournament this year. So I think that he has plenty of experience in Deathmatch tournament. He's amazing in the ring. But I think that GCW really put him like on the big platform as a main eventer with that victory against Masada yes. at WrestleMania week. He's going to face, you know, uh, Ricky Morton and in summer. So I think that for GCW, Atticus is already established. So I will be happy 
with him winning the tournament, but I think that he's going to be more like the guy that is going to have the good matches. He's going to play the heel. He's going to try to get the hit because if you look at the lineup, he's like the more heelish guy in the in the field. Like he's the more like, like the only true heel of the lineup. So I think he's going to play an important role, but I don't see him getting the, the title home. Yeah, like I think before the full field was set, I was dead set on Atticus winning this tournament. I had believed that Atticus was the guy maybe to take the ultraviolence title and take a nice long run with it. But I think this tournament, this full tournament field has definitely put a wrench in my prior plans. But in regards to this match itself, I do see Atticus winning but I do see Manners, Manners being probably the biggest and strongest guy in this field, mind you. A lot of cruiserweight styles here, except for Manners, who's just a big, beefy, Hulk-style kind of guy who's just going to hit you with lariats hard. He's going to hit you hard. He's going to hit you fast. And you may or may not see it coming. And it, through what I've seen with him, like he really has a respect for like the Japanese puro style. Yep. That's going to play very interesting to this tournament. But um, I do see him coming up short here. But I do see him having a very good um, appearance because I think I think he definitely has the deathmatch potential. The Schlack match was a real surprise for me, one that I didn't think would be as good as it was, but it wowed me at just the potential it brought out of him. And I think that may have led to this TOS appearance in a way where I got that shot against one of GCW's best deathmatch guys. What can I do in a bigger platform in a bigger field? And if, 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 if our cards are played right, and if it's him versus Atticus, boy, did he really get a draw for his first round? Um, I want to look at the statistics with this one. Atticus, of course, five tournaments. He's been in a three of them, a 60% Success rate, 12 rounds, of course. A 10 and 2. Okay, so I stand corrected. Atticus has the highest win percentage of the entire field by a good 20%. 83 win percent. But this is the biggie here. That was Thank you, Nick DiRio, for bringing this up. This is very important. He is 0-3 against Alex Cologne. He has lost three times TOS last year. New Year's Eve. I, I'm not, I don't remember the third one. If anyone remembers that, definitely let me know. But three times he has faced Alex and he has come up short on all three occasions. If those two meet in some capacity, this term of survival, that is going to be a very, very interesting matchup because going on four, that's almost like, that's almost career suicide. I don't want to put that out there, but that is a massive hole that you're going into where you're 0-3 against a guy two of those being death match death matches that that you you're going to have to look real hard to get a win there if you're Atticus Koger because you're potentially one of the at least three favorites in this tournament yeah, I, I never thought about that. And I think they can play a great, great story with that. 
like you know Atticus against Alex could be a final for the tournament and I think it will be amazing and you know I don't see Atticus winning but I would like him winning the, the, the title on the tournament so I think you know after losing against Alex Colon for all this time and after Alex Colon humiliating uh, RSP in the finals last year uh, I think it will be great for Atticus you know to get the, the revenge on Alex Colon and maybe have some shenanigans with the rest of 440 to cause Alex Colon the three beat and you have like the yeah. big heel winning the tournament because you know last year you needed a baby face winning the tournament it was for Danny Havoc and all yes, of that absolutely. but this year you know the end of a show with a heel uh, being up with the, with the title I think it will be a pretty strong finish to have Atticus you know defeating Alex Colon and again uh, succeeding in a deathmatch tournament for the third time in a row yeah, absolutely. Definitely, there's a story to be played there. If we get to that, of course. Yeah, of course. The, the, the drawing, we do not know how they're going to draw. <laughs> we do not know how Brett Lauderdale is going to play his cards just yet, of course. But, of course, the last projected, per se, first-round matchup, of course, no flinch Nolan Edward, a guy who has absolutely been a workhorse, not just in death, but in all wrestling. So, shout-out to him. Versus, of course, a man who... Being lucky, number eight, as I'll put it. The man known as G-Raver, in my opinion, probably one of the best comeback stories in all of wrestling. A guy who literally almost career cut absolutely short by an unfortunate, gruesome injury, now has just finished the utterly violent, bastardizing feud with Jimmy Lloyd. Now has secured a spot in turn of survival. I did not imagine him doing two weeks of deathmatch tournaments. That did not even cross my mind for the minute of me. But here we are talking about G-Raver in a deathmatch tournament once again, back in the saddle. And this matchup with Nolan Edward, if, it's, if it happens, I'd be damned if I say this might be one of the best matches of the first round. I really hope they book this match because, you know, Raver and Nolan had that pretty sick match like a month ago or so. I don't know if it was in H2O on a Sean Henderson show. It was H2O. It was H2O, basically. Yeah, and it was. I, I really love the match, the psychology of it, the structure. So I think it will be a, a pretty good pairing. And, uh, of course, for Nolan Edward, it will be like, again, a... Uh, an opportunity to showcase, to showcase sorry, all his potential. He he really stood out against Alex Colon. He stood out against Slack, and I think that he's going to play a big part in the deathmatch division, ultraviolet division in GCW this year. But the G River story is amazing because you know in 2019 he was like at his peak. I think that he was booked to win the TOS4, but he yes. got injured, so that's why. I Like, Brett Lauderdale never really said that he <laughs> was, but every time that we have that in the podcast, he, you know, let that, you know, maybe Alex wasn't supposed to win the tournament, so I'm pretty sure that. Suspecting I don't know if you agree, but but I think that the tournament was written for, for G. Raver to succeed. I, I'm going to say this. I definitely agree with that. I mean, there's no way in TOS4 that you have... Nick Gage lose to G-Raver just yeah. for some reason as a shock upset. I think the stock was as high as it got for G-Raver. You had the match with Kasai. You come back to Chicago in that epic ladder match, and, and literally you felt like your entire career almost just fell down. You were out for a year. You come back. You basically put an absolute target on Jimmy Lloyd's back for almost – 
six plus months of sheer brutality, an I quit match where he almost impaled him with scissors, a no road barbed wire where he, he and Jimmy Lloyd went through absolute hell, the glass ceiling where really G Raver played with glass to a full extent for the first time since his injury. Now I th- we have built ourselves to potentially a regular working G Raver giving us a hundred percent because I believe he has a chip on his shoulder with this tournament. There is a chip on his shoulder. <coughs> Excuse me. Don't worry. Where G Raver, he felt screwed. He was potentially supposed to win TOS four. That would have been his peak. Yep. Now it's like, here we are. I'm back in TOS. I need this tournament. And I, there's not a better comeback story. If he were to win this tournament, win the GCW ultra violent title, the sky's the limit for G Raver here. I I don't know how it's going to play out. I don't want to pick winners just yet, but this, this is a potential make or break for G Raver in the long run. For me, for me, it's the biggest story of the tournament because I, I, I really, really love G Raver, and you know his story was so sad. He had that killer match with Kasai in Sinkiba. He faced Kodaka. He came back to Chicago, and the very next day, he's on top of the world, the best moment of his career. Everything changes. He has the, the injury with Jimmy Lloyd, and. For a long time, he even said, like, when he came back, I remember he did an interview with Kevin Gill for the GCW Patreon, and I asked Raver that, are you really going to stay doing deathmatch wrestling? And he said that he was over with glass. He didn't want to be back as a regular deathmatch wrestler. But then three, two, two or three months uh, past that, we saw him in an amazing feud with Jimmy Lloyd, you know, having for me one of the best no rope barbed wire death matches ever. You have the spectacle of the uh, glass ceiling death match. So if Raver is really going to be a regular on the death match division in GCW, I think he he not only should win, but he uh, really deserves to win, to win the tournament. He really deserves to have his rematch against Alex Colon in the finals, get the, t- the title and be the crazy ass motherfucker he used to be before the injury. <laughs> because for, uh, people people don't realize that G. Raver can even, you know, close his right hand and he really don't care about anything inside the ring. He hasn't, he hasn't lost uh, a single bit of his craziness, so it will be amazing for him to, to win the whole tournament. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed of how he works in the ring with, you know, he, he's, his hand, you know? Yeah, it is crazy. I mean, of course, the whole arm thing was absolutely terrifying on all aspects. He um, wasn't sure if he could even come back. It wasn't healing properly. He comes back and do, has done everything he has. And he's done it with numerous people, numerous promotions. He's he's shown that he can't, he doesn't just do deathmatch wrestling. He can have an amazing Lucha style. He has adjusted his style to many of the people he's worked with. And it's shown, like, this match alone may not be the most violent of the TOS first rounds that we potentially get, but it's a match where... This might surprise you. I mean, you've seen the chemistry they had at the, at the H2O Academy. I believe it was a Sean Henderson Presents show that I was on. And 
they've been able to show, like he's been able to show that his style can adjust from the injury that he had. And yes, he can be as crazy as possible, but he can also just give us a really sound quality wrestling match that the likes of us hasn't seen much of pre injury G raver. So his style has evolved immensely to put it. And I do, this might be the toughest one to call. I know there's going to be some people that really want to see Nolan do well, but I got to go with G Raver here. The, the numbers don't lie with him. And I'm, I see him as another big favorite. The, really the big three headed monster favorite, Alex Cologne, Atticus Coger, and G Raver. That, that's your three headed monster of favorites. I think many people have their, their chips, their money on those three. Of course, I, I, it will shock me that none of these wrestlers be in the finals of, or even win the tournament. And I think that the, the best way to do it will be for me with Raver because, you know, we have the great story, three beat, Alex Colon, we have the John up and coming wrestler in Anticus Kogar. But, you know, G Raver has, has been like for almost two years outside of the ring. So he hasn't faced a lot of the people right now in the deathmatch division. So I think as a champion, he will be the most interesting uh, champion because he could have potential matches that hasn't been done before when Alex Colon has been all this time in the company. So he's already faced everybody in the company. The same for Adikus Kogar. So I think that from a promoter standpoint, the G Raver, you know, G Raver against Slack again, G Raver against Eric Ryan, G Raver against all the up and coming John Wrestler. It's, it's all, you know, a bunch of new matches. So leaving the emotional side, uh, the emotional side in aside, uh, I think that Raver winning the tournament will be the best. But I will, I will be happy also to see Alex or Atticus. But for yes. me, for me, like, I think that Alex Colon in the final is like a must. I, I really think that Alex is going to be getting the finals. I don't see anybody playing the spoiler in a second round and a first round. So for me, it's Alex, maybe against Atticus or G-Raver, and then maybe we'll see a new new crown yes. champion. Um, I, I do want to put the numbers here. G-Raver, of course, a veteran of the scene. Of course, he has been in 22 tournaments, one Five of them with a 22% success rate, 36 rounds worth. His record stands at 19, 16, and 1. One being a no contest, of course, and a 53% win rate. So this is no, this is nothing strange to him. Yes, it may have been two years gone, but nothing strange. Of course, Nolan has been in seven. He's very, very new, very green to the land of the hardcore deathmatch stuff and also just tournaments in general, it seems like. And um, he's only won one of those. He's been in seven tournaments, won one, a 14% success rate, the lowest of the field, 11 rounds worth, and a 6-5 and five record. So a 55% win rate. He's He's got the wins there. But this is a tall, tall task. And no one has been through the ringer. I just want to put it out there in GCW. When he, since he's been debuted in Bloodsport, he's been put through the ringer. And they're like, you want to play with the big boys? Here, we'll give you Alex Cologne, your first death match in GCW. We'll give you Schlack and a Light Tubes match where he's just going to toss you around for a few minutes. Now, if it's, if, our cars are played right. G-Rear versus Nolan, another real 
gauntlet to the to the trials and tribulations of Nolan Edward in GCW. So that, of course, with what we have predicted, of course, the semis it would be possibly Orangey Raver on one side, maybe Atticus Alex on another side, or um, maybe Raver wins on and they make Atticus. We don't know. We yep. we still don't know if they might make it a triple threat final. Who knows? But um, if it was to be a conservative, of course, Oren versus Raver, a rematch of the very infamous 400 Degrees, the debut of the newfound Wizard King and Oren Vite on a massive scale. Um, I got Raver winning this one. That is one that is that if it's as good or even close to as good as that 400 Degrees one, we're in for a barn burner. I'm, I'm guessing you have Raver as well winning that. Yeah, of course, I think that Raver against Orin will be amazing. And, and maybe if they do Orin Bite against Alex Colon, that will be amazing too. I want to recommend people, if you have IWTV, go to that ICW Milwaukee Insane 8 from 2019. No, 20, yeah, 2019. And I think yes. Alex and Orin had a first round match that was yes, amazing in the tournament when Orin uh, won the finals against Tremont. So they really had that chemistry. And, you know, as, as we spoke, like, we really think that Orin can have that good run. You know that he maybe doesn't make it to the finals, but he can have some bangers at, at AC. Um, I will say this. I believe Orin is actually 2-0 and o against Alex Cologne. Yeah, yeah is, because... He has won against him in time, Mom. He has won yep. against him at ICW, Milwaukee, and Saint-Aid. So if we do get Alex Orin... Orin at um TOSL it could be like kind of a full circle thing. Like I don't think Alex Cologne's gonna try to go 0 and three against a nah, guy like Warren <laughs> Vite. That would be one that would have a lot of tenacity there. A lot of light tubes, I can promise you. Both men are real wizards, no pun intended with the light tubes. <laughs> Of course, of course. It's going to be a crazy match. And now that you talk about lighters, I wanted to ask you, do you think that we are going to see stipulations in every match? Because I really like the dynamic in Nikki's Invitational last year that, you know, trying to do every match different. So for me, it will be not, not nothing has been announced, but, you know, in DCW normally regarding steps, they announce it like on the fly when they are like yes. during the day. So what, what do you think about that? Um, I definitely see steps. I mean, it's TOS six six six. I think the theming would be there. I, I the one thing that has definitely tickled my fancy has got to be you have got to do light two pentagrams. Yeah, it is not a six 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 themed death match tournament without some light two pentagrams or someone going through them. Like yeah. you have to use those. Um, I see the finals being something really extravagant. Um, yeah. I would not mind if they tried to redo the Taipei death match that could have been at NGI five yep. here. I don't know if they're going to do that, but I would love to see a Taipei death match happen again in GCW. It's one that has not been done except for the NGI five final. And it had to be cut short, unfortunately due to injury. So I definitely see stipulations happening there. I mean, the light two pentagrams, that, 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 that's a must in my mind because 
it's TOS 666. We're all going to hell for this tournament. Yeah. Do you think that they will try again the, a fire spot? Because, you know, the last time that GCW has tried to use fire, uh, it hasn't been like that good. So maybe do you think that Alex had something in mind with regarding fire, you know, 666, all this demonic de- identity? De- I definitely see fire coming into a factor. I don't know how. I don't know if Raver's going to use fire. I don't know if Alex Colon's gonna use fire or Atticus uses fire. Someone is gonna use fire, yeah. and it'll be interesting. Yes, the whole demonic, the whole. <laughs> it, it, I think it, it's a definitely a tournament where you you kind of can't miss out on doing those kind of stipulations. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that you really have to play with that, and I think that most of the people involved in the tournament are pretty creative minds. So I think we're going to see some some fun things. Yeah, absolutely. This is a tournament where you can definitely get creative with what you're put in front of you. And I think, I, I hope that we get a good variety of matches here. Because, I mean, GCW has really done a good job of giving us solid death matches to a point where it's not just being thrown away there's no like just do what you do in the back. Like they they're very they have great minds to where yes, one match will be a light two pentagram death match, or one match will be maybe a four corners of pain match, or one there's definitely minds there, and I think the minds are already working as we're speaking. I, I'm guessing they are working around the clock day by day to give us potentially another fantastic rendition of term of survival. Of course, as we put with that final four. Um, you have G Raver as your winner, correct? Yep. Of the whole tournament winning. Who do you have him in the finals against Alex Cologne? I think so. And, and I, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me seeing like how crazy G Raver is after his injury that G Raver really pass a push, sorry, to have, a, to redo the no robot wire deathmatch against Alex Cologne. I, maybe they don't do that because, you know, Alex doesn't like that stipulation at all, but <laughs> I think it will be pretty, pretty good to have some kind of, if they do really Alex Cologne against G Raver in the finals, I think that they have to do some kind of callback to their first match because yes. that would be like, you know, going for a circle for, for G Raver. Yeah, absolutely. There, there is, I, I definitely see that there. And there was a, like a thing that I had definitely thought of that I don't know if it's going to happen, but I could see Atticus winning the ultraviolet belt from Alex, but only for a match. And then yeah. Raver takes it from him. That was an idea I had. But I also have Alex going to the final. I think that the the story itself plays out. This is this is one that I think that's definitely going to tell a different story compared to last year's TOS where you had your one heel, your one ultra baby face coming together as like the superpowers yeah. per se. <laughs> now, though, you have these different playing parts. You have different moving parts. You have stories all around this tournament. So kudos to GCW for putting this field together. There's, there are stories to be had all over this term. And, of course, Alex Cologne's three-peat, Bam Sullivan's potential rise to deathmatch stardom, G-Raver's massive comeback story, Effie, can he really be deathmatch daddy? We don't know. <laughs> Manders being the wild card. Orrin Vite coming to the um, stage again to see if he can really prove it on a bigger stage um Atticus as the the sole representative this year for for oh things have really turned themselves from a year ago where he was the 
of three representatives of the 440 in TOS. Now he's the only one. He is all alone in there. Will he go alone or will he have backup? We don't know. There Again, there are so many intriguing stories with TOS here. And I, as uh, the only way we can really find out how everything plays out is tune in on Fight TV June 5th, 3 o'clock Eastern, 2 o'clock Central. Um, I, I don't even know the time. I don't even remember what time it would be where you're at. It would probably be in the morning there, I believe. No, he will be in the for, – for me, it's the best time because, you know, 3 p.m. Eastern time will be something like, I don't know, 9 or 10 p.m. here in, in Europe. So okay. that's, that's oh, perfect. Yeah. You know, you can have dinner watching some deathmatch, so that's the best. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but, um, of course, that that is kind of our predictions of – how TOS is going to go. Um, I'm, I'm really interested with this tournament. This is a tournament that definitely has some super intriguing points. As I've said, the stories are all there. They could really run with a lot of different things here. There, there seems to be a real narrative with the, who we believe are the front runners. But I will say this, GCW is not afraid to throw a curveball our way and throw an upset or two in there. Yeah. Who knows if Manders can absolutely stun us? Or who knows if Effie the Deathmatch Daddy is for real? Because you just don't know until they get in the ring and do their thing and someone goes down for the one, two, three. We just don't know until it plays out. And this tournament is nothing different from what we've seen in the past. So I think you're as excited as I am. This it's death. It's it's summer death match season again in the world. The world's healing a little bit. Vaccinations are out there. We will potentially have the first, this might be the first full crowd GCW show in almost a year and a half. And that this this tournament is going to be white hot. The crowd is going to be a hundred percent in on it. I myself am going to be flying in to that morning to Atlantic City and making the pilgrimage from Chicago to um, Atlantic City. It's going to be an incredible time. Um, again, Alex, thank you so much for being on here. It has been an absolute honor to have you on here. You are always welcome to come back. We can definitely talk. We will talk as much deathmatch wrestling here as we can. Um, thank you again. Um, thank you guys for listening to this. This is something that me and Alex put a lot of work into to make this work. I, the stats again. Thank you, Nicholas Dorito. You, you, sir, are a real saints and getting us these stats. Um, I, I can't thank everyone enough. And of course, guys, thank you for listening each and every single week to your dose of death from Lauren Rosenberg, Alex, and Menes. We both wish you guys. A good night, good morning, wherever you are for your day, and have a good rest of your day, guys. This has been a Count Out Podcast.